BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Coming to you live from the Cross Country Mortgage Campus in Berea, Ohio, this is Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet, now live in Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Here are your hosts, Bo Bishop and Nathan Zagura. All right, good afternoon and welcome in to Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet, a sports betting partner of your Cleveland Browns, now live in Ohio, Nathan Zagura and Gibbe. With you, Gibbe, looking resplendent as always Hi. there. Bo on assignment down there. Tough night. He took in a little bit of a I was just looking. I'm like, Buckeye who basketball. did win that game last Not night? Not them. Buckeyes were up 16 at one point and did, and not, did win. not win the game. That's what, okay. No. I wasn't imagining that. No, you were not imagining I, 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 I checked in at one point and I said, oh, nice night. It's going to be a fun little night, fun little ball game. Yes, yes. Should be an easy win. Nah, no. Nah. Instead, we're one step closer to maybe that coach going bye bye. Well, that that was the sentiment certainly on Twitter yesterday was that that coach well, is going to go bye bye. So we'll see. Rightfully so. We'll see. Unfortunately, we'll he's see. a really nice guy, but it comes down to wins and losses. It most certainly does, indeed. All right, Yahoo Sports. Some news of the day. Hot topics of the day presented by Vivid Seats, an official fan experience partner of the Cleveland Browns. It's going to be tough to get uh, 20 minutes out of this one there. Uh, We'll do our best. Don't worry. I've got a few other notes. Here we go. T.C. McCartney will join Alex Van Pelt on the offensive staff of the Patriots. They will hire him as their quarterback's coach. So good. Whenever you see somebody leave here, you want them to have success and get another job and get another opportunity. I like T.C. a lot. Quarterbacks, that's probably his sweet spot. That's what he played in college. Um, and you know, he's been around the Shanahan tree. He's been around archery, bring some, some nice value. You have to wonder that makes, that feels like a team to me that would be courting Joe Flacco. But what, what pick are they in the draft? Three. So they're going to draft a guy, but you bring in Flacco with them. Mac Jones, forget about it. Bailey yeah. Zappi, forget about it. But you bring Flacco and just as, even if he doesn't start there, you can give him a little bit more in case you need him to start a little bit, and he'd probably be a great guy to have in the room with this young quarterback. comes down to do you want to be the guy that mentors? or Joe Flacco's 39. We love him to death. He's 39. He's not, gonna, <laughs> yeah, he's not getting but, a starting job. Okay, but that, that leads me to question, if you're Joe Flacco, why not just sit and wait till October or November and someone needs you? Because do you really want to go to training camp? Do you really want to spend a month? I think he had so much fun playing football that the answer that's yes. I hope he comes back here. That would well, be my number one I mean, scenario. That's ideal. But, I mean, I think if he went to New England, he would know, obviously, knows the coaches, knows the offense, or some familiarity at least with the offense. And it just feels like that would make it make some sense there. So we'll, uh, we'll Look, see. Look, TC was always great with us with his time. Yeah, loved AVP TC. is great. I wish those guys nothing but the best. 
um, some more former Browns news. Oh, as it pertains to that team, uh, Alonzo Highsmith, the U, the U's GM, expected to leave uh, Miami to join the Patriots front office and join Elliot Wolf. Rejoin Elliot Wolf. Really? Wolf's getting the whole band back together. I like that. That's fun. Yeah. Who would have thought that the Patriots would have become the former Browns? <laughs> it used to be like everybody here was so juiced if we could get anybody that was a former Patriot. And Fair. now it's now the how the tables have turned. Yeah. Uh, Albert Breer, uh, Alonzo Highsmith, very close with top guy in the Patriots personnel department, Elliot Wolf. Two worked together in Green Bay from 2012 through 17. Then were imported to Cleveland by then GM John Dorsey to head up the Browns scouting operation in eighteen and nineteen. Yeah. Well, we get to see a Zoe at the at the combine. Well, that's always fun. That's always Wait fun. Uno gets a load of that. He's gonna. I think he's gonna enjoy that very much. There's no doubt. I, I don't think there's any doubt in my mind. He's gonna enjoy that very much. Yeah. All so right. a, a lot of former Browns coaches lot, and front office. A lot of former Browns indeed. You know this is. It's good. That's a sign that you're you're have an organization that's had a lot of talented people that have come through the doors. Is that they're getting opportunities elsewhere uh, and and doing big things elsewhere. I mean, think about Elliot Wolf was here. He's now basically it feels like the GM of the Patriots, the de facto Quasi GM of the Vikings. Um, you know, people seem to think that Glenn Cook will get an opportunity. Catherine Raich will get an opportunity at some point. So that means you just have brought good people through, and that's a sign of a, a, an organization that is certainly in a better position than it was prior to maybe you, you, what you'd call really the last two regimes. This regime has obviously gone to the playoffs twice in four years, so it's been – but there you have to give some credit to the groundwork that was laid by John Dorsey's crew and even go back to, you know, Sashi in terms of the assets that were acquired at that point to do it. And, you know, Sashi's president of the Baltimore Ravens. I mean, so you've had people come through here and, and go on to do big things that are obviously highly regarded around the league in various capacities. So I think that's more – that reflects – well, I think on on this organization and what they've been able to build here over it did take a long time. There's no doubt, but it feels like you've built something pretty good here. By the way, the other day, yeah, Monday afternoon, yeah, phone rings. Speaking of the Ravens, yeah, Simone. Simone. What did he want? I said, "Aren't you in mourning?" Yeah, sorry. What's going on? Because we're the same. Yeah, we're the same now. Yeah, we're the same. Uh, just wanted to catch up. He goes, someone in the NFL sent me a clip of you guys talking trash about me. Yes. And I was like, that happens weekly. Yeah. It happens on the reg. You and your seafood. And then he tried to defend it he, for again? 20 minutes on the phone with me. It's indefensible. I said, you Simone. cannot pay out. A lost bet, which is, and the stakes are, you have to buy them. No pun intended. A dinner, and then have those people end up paying about two hundred dollars each. Two hundred? E no, no, not. It was two hundred each. Yes, out of our own pockets for yeah. what was supposed to be a. Free that was dinner. a real fun explanation. Uno, does that seem fair to you? No, I. I U think that's Uno. If I take you and Griff to dinner at the combine, if you guys win a bet fair and square, and the bet the stakes are a, a, a nice steak dinner. Yeah, I, I would like when you expect to pay nothing. Griff and Bo are going to be buying us dinner when exactly. Taylor and Travis make it past Valentine's exactly. Day. Uh, they're going to have to hold up their end of the and bargain. And we'll spend nothing. Fair. By the way, we are one, we week away. one week away. Exactly. One week away. Next Wednesday. Next first Friday. They could be engaged Valentine's by then. Day. Yeah. After the Super Bowl. You never know. Someone asked Kelsey 
He goes, who gets a ring first, Taylor Swift or the 49ers? And he goes, me, Sunday. <laughs> it's a good answer. It's a good answer. He's got. He's already got rings. Yeah. He's doing just fine. Yeah, doing just fine. Yeah, so, so we were talking. He's trying to justify things. The conversation turns to, what's going on at your stadium? He goes, I hope that you enjoyed every bit of your radio booth because it will not be there a year from now. And, well, we knew that was coming. And I said, that's very sad. We knew that was coming. Correct. It's, pr- it's prime location. It's yeah. the best view. In, We're going to the upper deck. It's the best view in the NFL by far. Yes. But he said, please tell the boys I said hello, and I hope they enjoyed What a the, treat, the Simone. A lot of legends. We've been, ha- we've been having to have conversations with a lot of legends recently, you and I. Uh, yeah. 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 <laughs> We'll see a few more in a couple weeks. Yes, we certainly will. It's usually how this goes. It is exactly how this goes. Um, all right. So there we got we got a little Simone action. We've got on the show coming up today in the Brownie Awards, we've got the opening round. Remember, we got a bracket of what, 16? 16, 16 plays. And we are going to have the opening award matchups. Now, these were not seated in any way. It was total random draw, Uno, and the best Uno will win. did his method of madness, and we'll do the one side of the bracket today and one side tomorrow in the so opening round. So we've got at 120, we'll get the opening round brownie matchups going. Then at 135, we run, with, run back again. Peter King's 53-man roster. This time, I'm going to put together my roster without anybody that he used, and it's still way better. It's still not even close. How much better my team is. Although, defensively, he did take a lot of the heavy hitters. But I still think my team is is very, very good. I think that you have a lot more modern guys to tap into this time. Because I think you and Bo strayed away from modern. And yeah, there yeah, was yeah. still a lot of guys, I think, that you can tap into from recently. No, Griff I th- and I were doing it, guys from like our lifetime. Uh-huh. And there's a ton of dudes still... Well, do you have that at the? Re- will you have that at the ready for our segment? I can. All right, have that at the ready, and then you can you can talk and give me some of your opinions of guys that you want in there. I did go a little bit more modern, certainly on some of these things. Defensive tackle is probably the hardest position to fill for me. Um, corner was not, safety was not either. Safety was. I still thought there were a lot of definite studs out there. Um, I got to find a punter though. Shane Leckler was is is definitely the best putter. I might just take Cole because we love him so much, and he would add such mojo to the team. Although the guy that I remembered from my youth was Reggie Roby. Do you remember him? Dolphins. Dolphins hit bombs. Yes. Like he was considered. He just had the one uh, face mask. Yeah. Now see what I want. I got to check to see if Ray Guy, if we're like able to steal Ray Guy, if he has any crossover with us, because he was he's a Hall of Famer. He punted until. 1986, but his last time that he made a Pro Bowl uh, and All Pro is 1980. So no, we can't take him. Can't do it. But I think Reggie Roby, I, I remember him. He kind of took one step and then just bombed, boomed the ball. Let's see if he was actually good. So he's 83, 98. So he's exactly in our sweet spot. Oh boy, three-time Pro Bowler, two-time First Team All Pro, All Decades Team of the 80s. He was the punter of record in the 80s. The thing is though, is that. The guys today are so much better at kicking the ball. Like Reggie Roby was the best punter of the decade in his career, 43 yards a punt and a 36 net. Now you got guys like Bohorquez averages like 50 yards a punt and 43 net. So it's just a different world. But 
I did like Reggie. No, there's only one punter in the Hall of Fame. Yep, Ray Guy. Only one, kids. Yeah. Yeah. We can't use him. No, we can't use him. No. Looking at the the top-ranked punters of the 90s, Sean Landetta. Chris Gardaki. There you go. Rick Tootin. What about our guy Andy Lee? Hmm. Greg Montgomery. I don't even call him at all. I wonder about that. I wonder, maybe Andy. Maybe Andy Lee's a nice one. Yeah, Could we'll be. Have, we'll have to check this out. Tom Tupa, two point Tupa. Tommy Tupa, first ever two point conversion in the National Football League. Sean Landetta, Cleveland pretty good Brown. too. Sean Landetta, pretty good. All right. Well, that's one thing yeah. that we'll we'll look at. So we got that coming up as well. Um, I got I got other news of the day. Oh boy, we got the whip. Hold on, just let the people know we got the whip. Yes. More plays. We got a Prisco rankings of the best players in the Super Bowl. That'll be hilarious, and then uh, and then that'll be then we'll bid you adieu. All right, what you got? Tiger Woods next week. He's playing. Playing. Where's next week? The Genesis Invitational, where he got hurt. Oh, L.A. Yes. Riviera. It's got to be. Uh, I think it's so. Be. Wow, I would have liked to have seen him. It's a sh- he should have played this week. If he was able to play, I would have liked to see him. Can you imagine with the waste management open? Yes, that's what I mean. Exactly. That's exactly what I'm talking Uh, about. After spending most of 2023 recovering from injuries, Tiger Woods will make his 24 uh, PGA debut this week. Uh, Well, next week. He most recently competed at the Small Field Hero World Challenge, the PNC event with, uh, with his son. In December, uh, Wood said has said he hopes to play in roughly one tournament a month, starting with the Genesis. That would put him on track to potentially play in the Players Championship or the Arnold Palmer Invitational ne- next month before gearing up for the Masters. Oh man, <sighs> that changes everything on the vacation front. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> yeah, let's go. Uh, Get him back. Yeah, it will be at uh, formerly known as the L.A. Open, held at Riviera Country Club in L.A. The defending champ is John Rahm, who will not be in attendance given that he jumped to live golf in December. Wow. Okay. There you go. Like you said, he will play. Good for him. Good for him indeed. Good for us. Good for everybody. It's good good for golf. He is a singular draw. There is nobody else like Tiger Woods in terms of their ability to draw eyes to golf other than Tiger Woods. Correct. Yeah. That's huge. This is this is I saw that I'm like the day the day is saved. We're going to be just fine. It's a first Friday. It is a first Friday. I feel like the week is kind of going slow. It's cuz the the Super Bowl on the West Coast thing and no availability till like we're long off the air. Interviews, no, right. sound There's bites, nothing. like we're not getting we're, we needed not getting to get anything. Grit, um, Uno, we needed to get that. We need all of Kyle Shanahan from the other night. All of it. Every clip I see is better than the last one. I think it's over an hour long. Great. Okay. I knew <laughs> you that, would say give that. that to, give, let Bo have that tomorrow when I'm off. I think he'll appreciate that. Is the Griff Fact of the Day listed on here? Yes. It's supposed to be. Should be with the CBD whip. Two o'clock. There it is. Okay, I have another. I have a. I'm gonna piggyback. I'm gonna piggyback on the Griff fact of the day. I saw something today that 
similar about the Super Bowl and the outcome. I saw something very similar that I'll I'll piggyback on the Griff fact of the day then because that'll be that'll be a lot of fun. Um, by the way, for the Browns, in case people have not been paying attention, we've got pretty much everything sorted except for now we need to sort out the offensive line. That's it. So we need to fi- so- figure out the offensive line, Coach. rest of that, we're pretty much completely turned around. What's wild is a complete turnover of the offensive staff with the exception of Chad O'Shea. Complete. Total. Yeah. It, it, there's a lot of faces uh, in the building got to get used to and figure out who's who and, uh, yeah, get, get to know a lot of these guys, which we will over the next few weeks. But yes. uh, it's weird because you've got a number of new coaches, but then, like, all the scouts are here. we got scouting meetings going on this week. Uh, you know, now that the, the, the bowl games are over, the Shrine Bowl and uh, the, the Senior Bowl are over, and I think figuring out next steps and who's going where and who's going to what pro day. There's a lot of people here. Yeah, this is a busy time because you got the Super Bowl, and then you got to come out of it, get ready, go to the Combine. Free agency is just a couple of weeks later, and on and on we go. And that's where we are for the Browns. And I think that offensive line, that's going to be an important one. I know that they're working on that as we speak. Obviously, Bill Callahan's so excited, and we've, we got to hear just how excited he is for the opportunity yesterday yep. um, and just how special it is and how truly unique of an, an opportunity is to go work you know, with his son, who he is so proud of to be, you know, a head coach in the National Football it's a Good League. job by the organization to let him go. Cuz they I mean the Browns could have blocked it. Yeah. And Amy Trask I know has uh been pretty open on social media that there've been a couple instances that she knows of that she's like teams have blocked you know guys from going home, going to work for you know, family, close friends, like teams she's like what the Browns did does not happen everywhere. Yeah. No. By the way, some more NFL news. I am told from this is Josina Anderson. I am told former Jets and Bills head coach Rex Ryan interviewed for the Cowboys vacant defensive coordinator. What are the Cowboys job. doing? Rex. And McCarthy. Sexy Rexy. I tell you something. I don't know if you heard Larry on, on the interview with Bill Simmons. He was like, I'd bring Rex Ryan back. He, he is enjoying what Rex Ryan is doing. If you're Rex, why do you want to? You got a great TV job. Because these guys love coaching. Do you do you really at this point? Like at at his age. Yes, they love coaching. That's why they do it. They do it because coaching to them is that's their passion. That's their joy. That's their routine. That's what they know. That's what fills their days. They love it. People who are like that's why they get in, they get very into coaching. They love it. I just, I'm like, you, you got a great network job. How many days a week do you actually work? Like, that, you're right. That's prob- that might be part of it. Do you need the money? That probably might be the part of it. That he, no, it's the passion. It's the, that's what they know. That's, he's probably bored. That's probably the answer. He's probably bored about it. Rex Ryan has a net worth reportedly of $20 million. And I'm sure it's not about that. I think it's much more about the fact that he is a little bit bored. And so he wants to go back and and do this because that's what he likes doing. So that doesn't surprise me in the least bit. These guys love coaching. 
They love coaching. And I, I get they it. Get an opportunity. That's but what they like, want to do. She get older. Like, go play golf. That's not. F- I'm, t- I'm just telling you. Table. Some people are work workaholics. That's what they like to do. They like to get in there and they I mean, like that's... to grind. By the way, have you guys seen recently the trend of people wearing these? I don't know what these Apple things are called. The Vision Pros or whatever. You know what I'm talking about. The, yes, I've seen the it VR before. goggles. So people are wearing them out in public now, walking across streets, doing this, acting like, where, where, what are we doing? They're it's a good way to die. Thousands of dollars too, aren't they? Yes, they're very expensive, but people, you can wear them because you can see out of them, and so people are walking around. But it's, it's wild. There's a there's an Instagram that I follow. I think it's like influencers in the wild, and it's just people doing ridiculous things either for selfies or whatever. In this case, people doing all this. It is unbelievable well, to watch. You're putting your life on the line. But there's no doubt that you're doing that. Yeah, I mean, that's right. What? Yeah, yeah. It's it's wild, uh, dude. I'm the old it's, man. Get off my lawn. It is wild. It's wild. All right, that's where we are. Getting it going. When we come back, we're going to get into our first of matchups for the Cleveland Browns play of the year. Put together by Uno. It's going to be a lot of fun. That's coming up next here on Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by Ballybetta, sports betting partner of your Cleveland Browns. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet, now live in Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Don't miss Billy Joel and Rod Stewart together again for the first time ever. Friday, September the 13th at Cleveland Browns Stadium. Tickets on sale now. Visit clevelandbrownstadium.com slash billionrod2024 for more information. It's Billy Joel and Rod Stewart together for one night only. All right. Time now for the Brownie Awards Best Play Opening Round Matchups. We'll get there one side, Gibbet. Matchups will be determined by a random number generator. But first, yes, Gibbet. You, we have some news that came down literally in the middle of the break. We do. So The pipeline to the Patriots continues. Scott Peters, Browns assistant offensive line coach, is joining Alex Van Pelt's staff in New England. Doesn't say if he will be the offensive line coach, but Aaron Wilson is reporting it. Aaron Wilson, Patriots are hiring Browns assistant offensive line coach Scott Peters, who worked with Bill Callahan per league sources. Peters is a former Eagles fourth-round draft pick who played offensive line for seven seasons. Extensive MMA background, won two Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu World Championships in submission grappling, and really worked so well with Callahan, who was the the master, and then he taught these guys how to be stronger, use their bodies more effectively. Very cool guy. I really I will miss him, and I wish him very, very well. But it goes to the point that we're still going to be looking now for an offensive line coach and an assistant offensive line coach. Correct. You're replacing everybody uh, coaching-wise in that room. Yeah. Two big voids to fill. Yes. Scott Peters did a lot of work, a lot of good work. 
All Extensive right. MMA background. Won two Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu World Championships in That's submission right. grappling. That's right. Sure. Yeah, he's a beast. He is. He is an intimidating human being. I, I wish him all the best. Good, good dude. Yes. Also, the Packers are forcing their president to retire at the age of seventy. It's in their bylaws. Um, they will have an executive committee, Vice President uh, Susan Finko, Packers Executive Committee, Vice President Lee Director, is the chairperson for the search committee of the Packers Board of Directors. They start the search process for the organization's next CEO. They're working with Corn Ferry and Jed Hughes again because seemingly nothing in Green Bay can be done without them, according to Aaron Nagler, which is pretty funny. Um, so, yeah, a so lot mandatory of mandatory retirement at age. 70. Maybe we should apply that to certain jobs in this country. Hey, now. Just saying. Yeah, so Mark Murphy has been the president and CEO since 2007, will formally retire in July 2025 when he turns 70. So that is a year from this summer. He will turn 70, and he will be out. Hit the greens. Hit the fairways. There you go. I mean, come on. Hit the greens. Hit the fairways. There you go. Um, Some people thought that Andy – Dickerson might be going to who interviewed here for the OC job as the O-line coach in Seattle that the Patriots were interested in him as well. So we'll see. Maybe he ends up here as the offensive line coach. The Browns certainly interviewed him and, and have some knowledge of him and what that would mean for this team. All right. Time now for the Brownie Awards for best play opening rounds. The matchups. Jerome Ford's weaving. Well, first of all, it's Flacco escaping the pocket, getting the ball to Jerome Ford. He Getting bounces off tacklers, weaves around. Yes, should have been 15 yards. You get Marquise Goodwin coming across the whole field for that final block. That's a touchdown on the Thursday night clincher. And then it's going against the Browns. You call it the tush-push, the rugby scrum, where the Browns just impose their will on the Baltimore Ravens setting up. That Was, on, was that on the final drive? I think it was, yeah. Yeah. To yes. set up Hopkins as yes. the game winner. Yeah, it went for like 20-some yards. Yeah, unbelievable. Yeah. All right, so Uno's put together a, a beautiful package for each. We'll start with Jerome Ford's touchdown against the Jets. Joe Flacco got hit. He rolls out of the hit. He runs it, and then he throws it, and Ford caught it at the 30, at the 20, at the 15, at the 10, at the 5. He's still going, and he bolts his way in. Touchdown, Jerome Ford. A play you will not believe. It certainly was a play you won't believe. Uno, we got some time here. There's a little color commentary perhaps you could have kept on these clips. Are you kidding me? (laughs) Again, I take these from what's already been cut up. I don't go back into the game and grab them. So whoever cuts these doesn't. Why not? I can do that in the future. I mean, these are plays. We might as well. Like. It's one thing when you're doing a game Zero highlight that's like a five minute. like three minutes, right? Let's get the whole. Let's get to everything about the play. Uno, I thought it was fine. I thought it was great. I can take. I can go to the game and look for them, but it would take a lot longer in my morning. Griff, I just go by what people tell me to do when I'm cutting these. Thank you, Kevin. Don't you worry about it. This is we're talking to Uno. Griff, get the eraser and erase Uno's upward arrow. You're in some of these. You're just not in all of them. It just I I'm just saying. I'm if not it's saying a, Kevin's at fault here. I'm not saying anybody's. At I'm fault. not blaming. No I'm not blaming. Nobody's at fault. Thank you, Griff. Except, <laughs> except Uno. Uno yeah, doesn't no, even right. have it up or down now. No, that's, at least he's neutral. Plat- yeah. Plateaued out here. He's plateaued at a very high level. You should be very pleased with that. I mean, you're like on a you're at Mount Everest. 
I'm just saying, you know, to give people the full experience, one that's play. That's the play, though. I mean, that's so it's give the, them the play. play and then the breakdown uh, play. Then what do they even the have year. color commentator people for? What I, they, I would say this. None of us thought, saw that play coming. None of us. Like, we were all losing our minds in our in the booth when that play happened. Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah. I just, I, I don't know. I'd like to know if, if maybe there was, they saw something. Uh, there was a little something extra special. Was that I'm pretty sure there was. First of all, just really so tough. you know, just so you know. My analysis of that play was used in the open for Football Night America. It was used in the open for Amazon. It was used all over town. And I can't even get it on my own show with Udo. Udo, you're just fine. I go, are you kidding me? Unfortunately, I wasn't able to be in the booth that day, and I had to watch it on the TV, so I didn't Udo even hear it in real time. Udo had like the muff-log plague. He was not allowed in. No. I, I know that. To, like I couldn't even cheer because there's. Well, Uno, I want I you to get to relive it. it in all of its, if all of it in the whole experience. So you just go, you suss it out, so, you cut it, and then you cut it again, and there we go. Did that? Where is that? So that was that that play happened right after the pick, pick six. Pick six. Yes, that's right. When everything got a little nervous, got a little nervy. Everybody got a little nervy. Got a little nervy. All right. All right, Uno. Let's go to the Browns' tush push. Watson taps his foot. Pressure's coming from both edges. They hand the ball off to Ford. Ford over the block of his right guard. Spins inside the 35-yard line. And along the hash mark, moves the pile to the 30. The pile keeps on moving to the 25-yard line. And finally, they blow the play dead. But it's a first down for the Browns, who are playing with energy. It's a gain of 13. It's a great job by the great Tom McCarthy. It's a great job by Tom McCarthy. Tom McCarthy it with an amazing call. Amazing. Hold on a second. Amazing. It was a great call, but you needed the color there to really understand the magnitude of what happened in ah, that moment. You ah, don't get it. That play Tom has no McCarthy. chance. That one's tough, too, because I think watching it was much cooler than listening to it because you can see Yeah, but then you need somebody pushing on the You pile. need somebody to lose their mind and say that and let the people know what happened. Griff, whose side are you on over there? Griff's on the side of right. I mean, this is it's just it's crazy. No, Griff. Griff knows. I take one of his arrows away. Griff, give yourself another arrow up. <laughs> the best is you can see it in the it's background. Great. Him walk yeah. by to go put the arrow up. I'm just saying. I, let's be honest for a second. That little teeny sip because he's so focused on the action that he's not like seeing the, I, I, that, that one. one that it doesn't one, give you one, the magnitude. That play has no chance. So tomorrow, Uno, or like on Friday, if that one wins. Yeah, if that one, let's the give it the full, the full. We need the full treatment. All. Are you kidding me? Are you serious? Are you for real? That's a seven footer. That was uh, Dick Vital, Shaq. In the McDonald's All-American game when he went coast to coast. Are you serious? Are you for real? For a second, I thought that was Mike Pettin, and I was like, <laughs> that's not Mike Pettin. He's, not. With the, he's with the Minnesota Vikings. Yes, he is. Maybe we'll uh, see him hmm. this fall. Maybe. All right. Well, now we are we even gonna get? Play. Are you gonna get to hear we talk about the fact that he left over the line? To be determined. I don't remember. Because I'm pretty sure Siciliano didn't see because there's no way you could see that he jumped I, over the line. I think you're in this one because I think you have to describe all the things that Siciliano did not see. Well, yeah, because he's just watching the kick and it gets one. <sighs> all right. 
So it was Jerome Looking Ford touchdown against the Browns tush push. Call. Oh, this was a great call. So so far we're gonna have we're gonna have one, the great Jim Donovan, the incomparable, a two Tom McCarthy's today, and one Siciliano. All right, this is Miles Maybe Garrett even a Zagura color blocked field. Who knows? Well, Uno doesn't think it's hopefully. Necessary. Hopefully, reportedly, Miles Garrett's field goal block against the Indianapolis Colts. Sanchez kneels at midfield for this. Gay's going to try it from 60. It's blocked. Ball loose. Fight for it. Denzel Ward picks it up. Ward running across the Indianapolis 30. That was Miles Garrett that blocked that field goal. And earlier this week, Bubba Ventrone, after he had his presser, was in our booth. And I said, man, Miles Garrett, how about that? He said, we're going to block a kick this week. He called it. Miles goes in, blocks it. Denzel scoops it. And the Browns in business. That's absolutely incredible. When he was in high school, I think one year he blocked nine kicks and set a record in Texas. Just a jumps right over. He jumped right over the oh, center. Man. He went Superman. No contact. And Miles Garrett blocked it. I'm not going to say that it's because I'm included in that clip, but I think you got a much better understanding of everything that happened in that play when you give it the full breakdown. Of I'd it. like to congratulate you on hitting puberty halfway through that. You squeaked a little bit, but then you I'm brought it ashamed. back. I'm not ashamed. No, you brought it back. Emotion, passion. But I do agree with you. There, Uno, we might need to go back and listen to the calls and get some additional context. If he, if based on that call, if there's no caller in there, I can go back into the games and try and pull him. I'm All just right. gonna have to, Griff, find him. I would like you to give Uno an arrow pointing up at 45 degrees, not fully. Griff, you might as well just stay over there, dude. You should just put the camera on you mean, it, over it, there yeah, so it, you can see him like. Adjust it. The problem is Griff has to operate that camera. Griff, no, no, Uno. Uno's trying to do it all. There it is. Yeah, there he there is. is. There's Griff. Stock up. Yeah, stock up. All right, Uno. Very good. The new Vanna one. All right, that good one's job, Griff. That's going to be tough to beat, I think. But this is a great one, Dustin Hopkins. And this one, you just this one, field goals. Uh, I mean, I think you just the call. Like maybe we'll get a little emotion, we'll get a little excitement in there afterwards. But really, it's just the call of it. Here we go. Dustin Hopkins, game winner in Baltimore. The great Tom McCarthy. On the call. Three seconds left. The Cleveland Browns to win it. Down one, 31-30. Here's the snap. It's a good one. The hold is good. The kick is on its way. End over end. And it is good. But there's a flag on the field. Hold everything. I think it's going to be Kyle Hamilton jumping over. And it looked like he made contact with the Brown trying to do the Miles Garrett. It looks like it. Joel Petonio celebrating. Yeah, Tom. the Browns are celebrating. Fouls for illegal leverage. Still go with Cal. This will end the game. And that will end the ball game. The Browns have won it 33-31. They've come from behind. It's almost like we were listening to this is two separate things. <laughs> Round one, ah, not that exciting. Very quick. Round two, oh, Ford baby. One was, Ford was very exciting. Yeah, Ford of course. Was fine. Of course. The tush push needed a little bit more. Little, little, yeah, just a little a little. We're going to shortchange right. the tush. Yeah. Failed. <laughs> The next level is next. I don't know. All right. Very good. Very good. But it's good. It's I'll good get everything to be, up. We'll get the poll going here. You know what they say, Uno, around NFL buildings is it's good to be able to improve and clean things up after a win. That was still a winning segment, but it can be better. So it's better to do that in a win than a loss. And I think we will. We will. And that's, that's why we're, we're coming right back, Uno. You're coming right back. All right. When we come back. We're going to go ahead and attack Peter King's absurd 53-man roster one last time. 
Maybe we'll ask Bo what he thinks of my roster, too, tomorrow or Friday. Maybe we'll see if he thinks it would win. Um, we're going to go ahead and do that. So this is going to be a 53-man roster without using anybody that Peter King picked. Without using anybody that Peter King picked, and I still think my team is better than his. All right, that's coming up next here. Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by Ballybet, a sports betting partner of your Cleveland Browns, now live in Ohio. Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by Ballybet, now live in Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Be a part of one of the most passionate fan bases in the NFL. Join NextGen STM presented by Ticketmaster, the official wait list of the Cleveland Browns. Being a NextGen STM is the best chance to become a season ticket member in future seasons. Visit clevelandbrowns.com slash NextGen STM to reserve your, sp- your spot today. Nathan Zagura, Jason Gibbs, Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by Bally Bet. All right, Uno, are those polls up now? I'm working on it right now. Gibbe's working on it. All right, so yeah. the polls are going to be up again. Round one and one, uh, one region. Because basically we're at the Sweet 16. So in one region, we've got Jerome Ford's touchdown, the catch and run, Flacco spinning out of trouble against the Browns, rugby scrum, tush push, which, remember, visualize that one. Remember what it, Remember how great it was. Right, Uno? That's what the people need to do. Visualize Elijah Moore at the end of the pile. Yeah, pushing. pushing all 5'10 of him. Yeah. Like him pushing with all those linemen. Exactly. He was just every, everything they had. They were doing it. All right. Then we've got Miles Garrett's jumping over the line. Field goal block gets in. He's probably the most sensational play of the year. Dustin Hopkins' game-winning field goal in Baltimore. I feel like the game-winning field goals, are they sound good on paper, but I think it's like tough for that to be like the play of a year. You know what I mean? Unless it was like to but that, take us into the that, playoffs. <clears throat> but they are. I mean, they're awesome. That one is a big one. Of course. We went we into Baltimore. Baltimore. But it was the game of the year. I don't want to toot your horn. Because then you're gonna the the head gets big. No, it's very um, small. Um, but it's only a seven. On you a you had you described everything because there was a flag. Remember, like right. Tom's call got interrupted with a penalty flag, yeah, and yeah. I'm like, well, the way this game has gone, sure, I'm not quite sure, you know, what that penalty is. Yes, and you you had a better view than I did because. I'm four feet behind you in the booth on the same level and not elevated. What's really, truly crazy about that is if you listen to it, I said it's Hamilton jumping over, which it was, but then they talked about it or got the eye in the sky. He didn't touch anybody. Which was right next to our booth. But what's crazy is he did leap it, and he was right there, and somehow Hopkins kicked it past him, and it went in. He didn't even see him. I remember asking him, I said, did you even see him? He said, I didn't even see him. It's insane. So that was an incredible, incredible kick there. All right, so Peter King, again, put together, like, honest to goodness. But uh, we, the we most haven't obs- talked to him. We don't know what the context. What do you mean? We know the context. He spells it out for you. What does he say, Uno? He said, I don't have the sheet, so right. I have no idea what the actual wording is. He basically said, this is the best, the best team of that era, blah, blah, blah. In his said. 40 years of covering yes. national football. Right. So, 
we did ours yesterday, Bo and I, which was the best 53 of our lifetime that was just dominant. Now, Uno, you're ready with to chime in where you think that maybe some more modern people could get in here? Yeah, Griff and I did a, like a modified one of our lifetime. I tried not to include guys that were on Peter King's list. So okay. a couple of modern guys that maybe have a chance to make this team. All right, so we'll talk about it. All right, so here – so we had Brady, Montana, and Peyton Manning. All of them are on Peter King's because he had four quarterbacks. He even had Mahomes. So they're out. So I went with Rodgers, Elway, and Dan Marino. Drew Brees I gave consideration to. But I think Rodgers, Elway, and Marino are – you're going to be – I mean, multiple-time MVPs. Marino led the league in passing. He'll be able to sling the ball all over the yard. Elway, no Favre? I thought about Favre, Favre, but Marino was was more impressive. And I just, in my mind, when I think of Favre, I think of him like throwing a just a back breaking pick. That guy from Minnesota yeah, losing his exactly mind. that. <laughs> Rogers, I mean, Rogers was the MVP two of the last three years. So I feel I feel very good about that. I did give consideration to Steve Young. I did, and there probably is a world in which. That maybe that's where you would go. Let's see what is what is uh, first team all pros are. They might not be many, but I mean he's we're talking about a multiple time MVP. He could run all of that, but that would be make saying like he's one of the seven best quarterbacks of all time. I I don't agree with that. Seven time Pro Bowler, three time All Pro, two time MVP. I mean, he was good, but give me Marino. I'll take Marino over him all day long. So I feel pretty good about the quarterbacks. Like I think while those are the best quarterbacks ever on the other side. Rodgers has had seasons every bit as good as any of them. He's won a Super Bowl. Elway's won Super Bowls. Marino is the only one who's not won a Super Bowl in my in the list here. But I still feel good about that. All right, running backs. He had Barry Sanders, LaDainian Tomlinson, Derrick Henry, and Christian McCaffrey. I went Marshall Falk, Adrian Peterson. We couldn't have Barry Sanders or LaDainian because he had them. I added back in Terrell Davis. And then this one might surprise people, and then I'm curious if you have any nominations you want to give. I went with Priest Holmes. Priest Holmes had a three-year stretch where his first-team All-Pro three years in a row. He led the league in total yards and total touchdowns. Three years in a row, over 2,200, I think, total yards. Kansas and he scored 61 total touchdowns over those three years. He was the most dominant player, Period. In the league at that time. He was after Okoye. After, Oregon. yes, after all of that. After all that. So the couple that we had um, from our childhood were LaShawn McCoy and Jamal Charles, but I don't know if those – because if Priest Holmes had so three I look both first of them teams, up. Yeah. all pros, I don't think that he's going to – Jamal Charles is very good. The other name on that probably I could put on here, and I would talk to Bo about it and get see what his – because I wanted another dual threat guy. So that's why Priest Holmes got it with Falk. So I have Peterson and Terrell Davis running it. The question would be, do we want Emmett Smith or Terrell Davis? I still think Terrell Davis is at his peak was better than Emmett Smith at his peak. So you took Holmes over Emmett Smith? Yeah, because his three-year run is as dominant a three-year run as there is. Like he did that year where we were talking about how great Christian McCaffrey was. He did that okay. year three years in a row. All right. Wow. <clears throat> then I have an extra I'll call he's a running back wide receiver so on my team I had to drop I dropped down to three tight ends instead of four on this one and then I had Cordero Patterson is my return specialist five-time first team all pro dangerous home run hitter elite all of it 
So because he has Devin Hester, so I can have Hester. So receivers. I, I took I Josh Cribbs for my Josh Cribbs. wide receiver returner hybrid. All right, all right. I like it. I like it. Here, I'll put a I'll put a slash there. And we'll we'll talk, we'll get Bo's opinion on it. All right. Wide receivers, I had six originally. Randy Moss, Jerry Rice, Calvin Johnson, Tyree Kill, Terrell Owens, Devin Hester. Four of those were off the board. Moss, Rice, Hill, and Hester. So now this is my team. I feel pretty good about this. Calvin Johnson, T.O., Julio, Marvin Harrison, Larry Fitzgerald, and then because we're able to isolate people's peaks, Antonio Brown, where for five years he was the best receiver in football, like period. You actually go back and look at his numbers, they're Silly. This is not headache Antonio Brown. This no. Is, this is we get this is we get great this Antonio. This is a Brown. problem. Yeah. The guy that kicked our That guy would have been head. a that guy had he done even just been like solid the rest of the way and not he would have that's a first ballot hall of favor is what he was uh, he was trending towards. So Megatron, Julio Fitzgerald, Antonio Brown. T.O. That's what and Marvin Harrison. Thank you. Pretty sad. I mean it's that's yeah, the only group. other one that we had that I thought would have consideration was Mike Evans. But I, I thought about it. Don't know if he has the all. He doesn't have the first team. He's just so a thousand just yards like every year. Ten straight thousand yeah. yard seasons is crazy. I figured from the person that doesn't have all the like all pros, I picked Larry Fitzgerald over him because I I want he could operate in the slot here. So we'd have Marvin Fitzgerald or Antonio Brown call be in the slot, and we'd have Calvin Tio Julio on the outside, um, and Larry Fitzgerald just clutch. No Michael Irvin, great Irving. dude, no playmaker. Well, he had he had playmaker on. He his had bench. Irvin as one of his, right? So he was off the Chris list. Chris Carter. Me. Thought about Chris Carter as well. But Tim I, Brown. I ultimately, took thought about. It. I looked him up as well. I went Antonio Brown over both because Antonio Brown's like best run was better than either of their best runs. Marvin Harrison and and Chris Carter. I looked at because you know you think all he does catch touchdowns. Marvin Harrison had double digit touchdowns like eight years in a row. Marvin Harrison's unreal. So I feel good about that team. Tight ends. He takes Gronk and Kelsey off the board. We had Gronk, Kelsey, Tony Gonzalez, Shannon Sharp. We just drop it to three, and we go Gonzalez, Shannon Sharp, Antonio Gates. I love Antonio Gates. Yeah. I thought about Vernon Davis. He just doesn't have the Pro Bowls all pros because he was such a dominant blocker that I thought he'd probably in a real game be, be good if we went four. But I wanted to go the six wide receivers, and then I used that extra spot to be Cordero Patterson or Josh Cripps. Did you think about Sterling Sharp at all? I did. I did look at Sterling Sharp, and I think I went with Fitzgerald over him just because I liked. I thought Antonio Brown and Marvin Harrison, and I thought the other guys were better than him, and, and Larry Fitzgerald is kind of a, a unique performer in his own right. So Sterling Sharp, five-time Pro Bowler, three-time All-Pro. Best season was 14-61-13. and 13. He was very good. Just to go back to, like, Antonio Brown real fast. Antonio Brown, when he was – Wheeling and dealing he had four he had four first team all pros he had a stretch of one two of five years where he's either first or second team all pro he was offense top three in offensive player of the year three years in a row he had 16 this is the stretch he goes on 1508 1713 1810 1312 1509 1315 like pretty Elite, and we also he can give us a little return juice. He had four punt return touchdowns in his career and a kick return touchdown. So and a cleating, if we and a cleating of uh, of our guy Spencer Lanning. Spencer Lanning. So we could, Ooh. if we wanted to, we could make him our returner, and we could put you know Vernon Davis on the team to be an extra offensive lineman blocker and also a guy who could flat out fly if we wanted to. So we'll talk to we'll we'll sort that out. Um, but that's where I look there. Offensive line, obviously no Hoff, but our offensive line is still electric. So 
he had Munoz, Ogden, and Joe Thomas at tackle. Our tackles are going to be Walter Jones, who was on our team anyway, Orlando Pace, and then Willie Rofe. Oh. I did some investigating. Willie Rofe was certainly yeah. the gold standard, very, very deserving. Our, our guards were Randall McDaniel, Larry Allen, and Zach Martin. Um, he had Russ Grimm, Larry Allen, and Jari Evans, so we're able to keep Randall McDaniel. We're able to keep Zach Martin, and then we added an Alan Fanica, who's an eight-time pro bowler. I mean, all pro, eight-time all pro. We get to keep Bruce Matthews, and then we replace Jason Kelsey with Dermani Dawson, who is a seven-time first-team all-pro at center from the Steelers. So I think our line is – it might actually even be better than his line, with the exception of Nohoff, which is very sad. The only guy that we had from the modern standpoint that I think would stand up was Trent Williams because he has – he's probably so going to – he's been 11 Pro Bowls. One all-pro. Rofe all, had, I think, four. Yeah, the all-pro was tough because Trent didn't get a lot of those. Yeah. But – he was One of the best I thought, I looked, in our generation. I looked him up. I thought he was certainly worthy. So that's our offense. They've got Randy Moss and Jerry Rice. So that's really good. They've got Barry Sanders. We don't. Um, and they've got the quarterbacks. But I still think this team smushes his team. All right. I think it's closer than you think. I mean, they're good teams. He just doesn't have on the defense. He doesn't have depth. He has three corners. Like, yeah, our corners are better than his corners for sure. So what do you got here defensively? Right, here we go. Defensively, this is the defensive line was the toughest part because defensive end, he has Bruce Smith, Reggie White, and Strahan. He also has Von Miller, J.J. Watt, uh, John Randall, Aaron Donald, Cortez Kennedy on the interior. So we lose, we lose a lot on the interior. So he's got basically everybody that we had on our original interior, Reggie White, Aaron Donald, J.J. Watt, John Randall, are all gone. So our defensive ends would be Derek Thomas, Miles Garrett, T.J. Watt, Jared Allen, and Demarcus Ware, and I feel I still feel pretty good about that. That holds up. Yeah. We had Julius Peppers and Cameron Jordan as our two so modern ones. Julius Peppers, I looked at. He was like always really Long good. Jimmy. Yeah, but I mean, really good for he's on two different all decades teams. Really, really, really good. And maybe I'm looking at the wrong things, but I'm thinking sacks and pay, rushing the passer. And he obviously accumulated a lot of sacks, but he didn't have those like dominant years where he was like the the guy. Whereas you've had you know Miles, T.J. Watt, Derek Thomas, Jared Allen, Demarcus Ware. Defensive tackle. We said all four of ours were out. So this those is, are big. Those are four tough. big ones. But this ends up being I think pretty good. But I, it does not compare. This is where we are clearly weaker than his team. So I went with Warren Sapp, six first team All Pros. Indomitian Sue, Calais Campbell, and then Leroy Glover. Leroy Glover, one year, led the league in sacks. He had 17 sacks as a defensive tackle from the Saints. So a good player. But, I mean, we're talking Reggie White, Aaron Donald, J.J. Watt, John Randall. Like, they're, they're better. Yeah. But not, still not bad. No. I mean, you're talking about some freaks. Sap, Hall of Famer. Sue, Sue. He'll be a Hall of Famer, I guess. I would think Calais Campbell's Campbell definitely could be a Hall of Famer. And I think Leroy Glover is a Hall of Famer. Let's see. I looked at Bryant Young, who just went into the Hall of Fame, um, former 49er, but I just felt like he didn't match up to Leroy Glover or some of those guys. So Leroy Glover, let's see if he's a Hall of Famer. Get that. Come on, Internet. Griff suggested Vince Wilfork, by the way, just as a – As just a run stuffer? Yeah. I like Vince Wilfork. Plus the turkey leg. All of it. On Thanksgiving. Yeah. Dan Hampton. 
And I looked at Richard Dent, but he's technically Richard Dent is technically a defensive end, and he would be too small to put in there. That's the other thing too. It's hard to go against different time periods. So Hall of Fame All Two Thousands team. Leroy Glover has not been inducted in the Hall of Fame, but I go back to that seventeen that seventeen sack season in two thousand. He had six straight Pro Bowls at one point. I just liked him as the passer. I thought he that if you have seventeen sacks in a season, and I get that version of you, you're going to be pretty good. Plus, we have the same birthday, July fourth. Keith Millard. Vikings, Keith. Seahawks, Packers, Eagles, uh, 85 through 91 Minnesota, and then 92 Seattle, 92 oh. Packers, 93 Eagles. Two Pro Bowls. He had an 18-sack season. First or second team All-Pro four times. Defensive player of the year in 89 with 18 sacks. Yeah. Pretty good. That's pretty good. Who's the other guy I was looking at? Um, Richard Seymour. Richard Seymour, seven-time Pro Bowl, three-time first-team All-Pro, and a Hall of Famer. Maybe I take Seymour over Glover. How many All-Pros? Three. Also an excellent poker player, Richard Seymour. Is he? Yeah. Plays in the World Series, or did play in the World Series all the time. Uno. Uno. So that's where that's the one area where I feel like, okay, our roster, we're not on the same level as, as his. Everywhere else I feel really good. All right, linebackers, we had no Ray Lewis or no Junior Seau, no Derek Brooks available to us. I ended up with um, Mike Singletary, Bobby Wagner, Patrick Willis, Brian Urlacher, Luke Keekley. Luke Keekley's insane how good Luke Keekley was at the peak of his thing. And then I went with Zach Thomas, who was just inducted this year. But I wanted to ask you guys what you thought about using Ricky Jackson instead. Ricky Jackson at one point in his career had three straight seasons where he had over 100 tackles and 10 or more sacks as a linebacker for the Saints. As an off-ball linebacker? He played on the edge and he could play off-ball as well. Okay. He And again, we don't we can hybrid him however we want on this team. But I mean, I, if you put him on the team, I guess you could play him wherever you want to play him. But He's not going to take over from a passer, but he is a Hall of Famer. Never was a first team All-Pro. Led the league in forced fumbles four different times. He had the stretch where he had 12 sacks and 102 tackles, 12 sacks, 124, 11 sacks, 107. And the next year was nine sacks, 114. He'd go on to have three. He ended up in his career six double-digit sack seasons, five 100 tackle seasons. Like, I don't know how many people have that. 100-plus tackles and double-digit sacks. Like, has anybody Saint, ever had more? Saint and uh, was he a Panther? He was a Saint and then I think a 49er at the very end of his career. Yes, 49er at the end of Cover. his career. So anyway, there's that. Corners, I feel really good. Again, he only had three. He had Deion Sherman and Daryl Green. So our corners are still going to be Revis Island, Rod Woodson, Charles Woodson, Champ Bailey. I added Jalen Ramsey, and then I added Aeneas Williams. So if you look back, led the league in interceptions, led the league in pick sixes, multiple-time first-team All-Pro, like eight or nine Pro Bowls, and a Hall of Famer. And it was one of the, considered one of the best slot corners of all time. Like, I looked at him compared to Rondé Barber, who just went in, it's not even close. And Ease Williams is a beast. I would agree. We had Patrick Peterson in ours. So eight, I looked. Eight Pro Bowls, yep. three All-Pros, and then yep. an All-Decade team for 2010. Yes, he was, he was, for me, it was him or Ramsey. Okay. And I ended up going with Ramsey. But, yeah, I looked up Pat Pete. Pat Pete, eight straight Pro Bowls, as I think, as well. Yeah. It wasn't just eight. It was eight straight. Um, safeties, we couldn't use Reed or Palomalu, but we guess still have Ronnie Lott, Brian Dawkins, John Lynch, and Steve Atwater. Now, I thought about instead of Atwater going Earl Thomas, if you took, like, peak of his powers, Earl Thomas with Seattle, three straight first-team All-Pros was the free safety for the Legion of Boom and a single high defense was 
Earl Thomas was pretty incredible. I think I'd still go Atwater, and it pains me to say that. Atwater's a beast. Yes. I just think we might need another free safety because Atwater, Lynch, and Dawkins are all more kind of like closer to the ball linebacker safeties. But that's another one. But either way, I mean, we're talking about all monsters. And then I, like the, to be able to have a team that's got Darrell Revis, Rod Woodson, Charles Woodson, Champ Bailey, Ronnie Lott, and Brian Dawkins, and they're not on his team at all is wild to me. Correct. So that's good. Punter, we got to figure it out, whether it's Reggie Roby, Sean Landetta, we'll look somebody up. modern. We can look that up. There's got to be somebody modern. Shane Leckler's the right answer. This definitely leaves us with Justin Tucker as our kicker. Yep. Andy Lee, by the way, three All-Pros and three Pro Bowls. I did look that up. And a great golfer, and he hits bombs. Give me Andy Lee, then. Bombs. Yeah, he just – Doesn't he play Augusta just he for – kills the ball. So I'm fine with that. Didn't I he have like it. a 73 or – He was like a two, a two hand Augusta. Yeah, Something he, crazy. He's a good player. I put Andy Lee just because of those – Little bit of time he spent in Cleveland, he was great. I remember had, him being an awesome punter. The ball sounds crazy coming off of his foot. Uh, and then for long snapper, we still can have either Steve Diossi or our good guy, our guy Charlie Hewlett or Luke Rhodes, who has a first Hewlett. team all pro. Charlie Hewlett. So there it is. Um, here we go. Oh man, this just in from Jade McRae, big friend and, and fan of the show. Yes, Jade McRae says Uno. The people demand a Brownie Awards of Zagura, Zagura Color Commentary Best Moments from the 2023 season. We could probably put that together. That would take a long time for me to look through all those I was going to say, Uno, you want to you wanna sign up for that? Because I'm not signing up for that. a great idea, but from a work standpoint, it's one of, them, one of them we couldn't play on. One of them you wouldn't make sense on the air is when I punched the ceiling and was writhing around in agony without making any sound at all. That was my favorite because one because I watched it happen live in the booth and couldn't hold my laughter in. Oh, God. And I did a good job. I didn't make not a single peep. So not great. a single peep. I love it. Jay, that, thank you. That one might be on one of our Call of the Game videos. It's on a video, I think. Of you punching the ceiling and yeah. me laughing in the background. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. Oh, man. All, All right. right. So we got a break. I like our squad. Let's go. Take that, Peter King. By the way, you're listening to ESPN 8, 850 ESPN Cleveland. W- Good Carmen Brands Good radio Karma station. Br- That's right. Good Carmen Brands radio station. All right. We're going to take a break. When we come back, hour number two of this program. That thing is just rolling along. Here's what we got when we come back. The CBD whip. The grift. Fact of the day. I'm excited about that. Then we'll have the Brownie Awards for the best play. The other side on the opening round, we've got David Bell, fourth down touchdown against the Jags versus Chiefs' angry run. Kareem Hunt's game-winning touchdown against the Colts. Amari Cooper's touchdown against the Bears. We'll also do a little higher or lower, a.k.a. better or worse, and then we're going to wrap things up here. Listen to Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet. Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet, now live in Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Welcome back to Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet, sports betting partner of your Cleveland Browns, now live in Ohio. For a team of injury lawyers dedicated to every client every day, call 1-800-ELK-OHIO. Elk and Elk's a proud partner of the Cleveland Browns. Just when you thought. You are safe from the word reportedly. Reportedly is I think you reportedly will, I think you willed the reportedly back to to fruition. Because as I opined about earlier on the show, 
hey, there's an offensive line coach who interviewed for our OC job that's available. And according to Albert Breer, the Browns are reportedly hiring ex-Seattle offensive line coach Andy Dickerson as their new offensive line coach. Dickerson, who also spent time with the Rams under Sean McVay, replaces Bill Callahan in Cleveland. Dickerson interviewed for the Browns' OC job last month. And then you get the parade from the beat. Mary Kay Cabot saying Browns hire former Seahawks offensive line coach Andy Dickerson to replace offensive line coach Bill Callahan. Source confirms Albert Breer first. Source confirms that. So reportedly, we have a confirmation of a reportedly, reportedly. report. That's right. A re- so there reportedly you go. Reportedly report. So Andy Dickerson is the Crushing. guy, and Andy Dickerson, friend of Ben Bloom, uh, was a friend also. I think Shade Waldrum was the name of the the offensive coordinator there. They were all together at Tufts, um, and so maybe Ben Bloom will go work with Andy Dickerson on the offensive line. That'd be fine. He knows about the defensive line, so. Maybe that would be the way that it goes. So Dickerson, here's his kind of career track. 2003, Washington Redskins training camp intern. 2003, Tufts graduate assistant. 2004, New England Patriots operations department intern. 2005, operations department employee for the New England Patriots. 2006 through 2008 with the Jets, coaching assistant, defensive quality control coach. Cleveland Browns, 2009 to 2010, defensive quality control coach, assistant offensive line coach. So this is his second stint with the Cleveland Browns. In 2011, he goes back to the Jets as a coaching assistant, and then he goes to the Rams, starting in St. Louis, and then stayed on with Sean McVay there. He was the assistant offensive line coach. And then from 2012 to 2020, and then in 2021, he went to the Seahawks. He was the offensive run game coordinator. 2022, he became their offensive line coach, 22 and 23. And now he will be the Browns offensive line coach. So he's going to be very familiar in the things that we do here from his time with McVay. And obviously they had a very good rushing attack with the Seattle Seahawks this year. Um, so I think a, a good fit at least having that kind of that similar knowledge. What year was he with the Browns? Nine and ten? Nine and ten. Rob Ryan was the Browns' D coordinator. I had to think about that. Dick Duran came in in uh, who 2011. Was, who was, let's see, 2010 Cleveland Browns. We got to see. In 2011 or 2010, he was the assistant offensive line coach. Joe Thomas. So Joe Thomas would probably remember him. Uh, their offensive line coach was George Warhop. So he worked The great with George, George Warhop. Warhop. That's I'll text the hop and see if he remembers. Held in the highest regard by Jim Donovan and Doug Deacon and Joe Thomas, I believe. Was George Warhop at the Hoffs party? I believe he was. I, I think so. I got introduced to him. Mass. Real time. Was assistant O-line coach under Warhop in... 2010. So we'll see what he says, see what the half has to say about it. But Andy Dickerson, and there it is. That would that would solidify your staff. By the way, that year the Browns sent both Alex Mack and Joe Thomas to the Pro Bowl. And that would have been, uh, that's when he came in. So the head coach was Mangini that year. Um, head coach Mangini, assistant of the head coach Luke Steckel. Offensive coaches, OC was Dable. 
Carl Smith quarterbacks, Gary Brown running backs, George McDonald receivers, Steve Hagan tight ends, Warhop O-line, assistant O-line, Andy Dickerson, defense coordinator Rob Ryan, Brian Cox with the defense line. Was that Brian Cox who played? Yes. Oh, man. Yeah, because his son then was a standout at Avon High School. Beast. Matt Eberflus was the linebackers coach. Jerome Henderson was the DB coach. And who was the defensive assistant that year, you might ask? Ben Bloom. So there How about go. that? Yeah. So maybe there's something to that. Brad Seeley was the special teams coach. I know that he would have vouched for Andy Dickerson for sure. Um, so there you go. But that's where, that's where we're at there. All right. Time now for the whip. We got to move quick. We got to get some segments in. We're behind on breaks. We just let it go. It's the offseason. By the way, Ironwell, there's water in here. It's a Yeti. It's enormous. Staying hydrated. Do, do I Trust say the me. whip questions? No. Uno, do you want to ask him? Because sure. normally this is be, this would be where I would ask. I can read him. All right. First one. Who Whoa. is more important to their team's offensive success on Sunday? Christian McCaffrey or Travis Kelsey? Zagura. Christian McCaffrey. I mean, Christian McCaffrey is the offensive player of the year, I think, in the NFL. And I think his ability as a runner, and that's where you can attack this Chiefs defense. Um, I think that... I think it's got to be Christian McCaffrey. No way. It's Travis Kelsey. What? Travis. Who else on? Who else is keeping the chief? Who, who's keeping the 49ers defense up late at night? That's not named Andy Reid or Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, but Mahomes is the answer. I think Christian McCaffrey might be the most important offensive player on the Niners. Mahomes is the most important I offensive player on the Chiefs. I don't know. You could say you could make a case that neither, because their coaches. The coaches are very good. Are, are able to overcome a lot of different things. McCaffrey is a beast. It's got to be McCaffrey. Uno, what do you say? I I would think Christian McCaffrey, but I, I would have a good argument for Kelsey only because he's the only option in Kansas City, but I would take McCaffrey. Okay, you're done talking. Next. Yep. Oh. <laughs> the whip is intense. <laughs> <laughs> what is your favorite Super Bowl memory? Whoever could go. Uh, for me, it's there are so many, and they all are, you know, the first decade on the planet for me was the Niners winning. I remember, I remember 84, 38, 16 over the Dolphins. I watched that VHS so much that I had, like, the whole call memorized. I had the intros, everything. I loved that game. And then I remember being at my good friend Billy Tisdale's house for 89, the 55-10 against the Saints. That was a good, a good memory as well. The Bengals won in 88 was tense. Like, you needed that last drive, the giant yeah. candy in the stands, and then you get the ball. I'm pretty sure John Taylor caught the last touchdown. Yes. Um, so, yeah, but those two in particular. The one that I won in high school pff, wasn't Montana. So Against the Chargers? Yeah, it wasn't even a game. I know, but it was fun. Stan Humphreys? It was fun. Yeah. My father my – father, and I had, a, had an admiration for the 49ers and what they did. They were fun oh, to watch. They were fun to watch. And so, they wore those great uniforms my, that year? It, yeah. It was and, the 94 season. And we'll, we'll get to, from a Super Bowl memory, I mean, the, the whole um, Patriots uh, coming back against the Falcons. I remember watching that in my basement. Like, my wife's like, I'm going to bed. This is over. This is a bloodletting. I'm not watching this. And I'm like, this is not over. 
And then I woke her up because I was literally yelling at the TV downstairs, like losing my mind. Because I'm like, they're coming back. Here they come. Here they come. And they did. Yeah. Next. Unbelievable. All that right. was going to be mine, too. My, my brother was a big Patriots fan, and he was not happy for most of that game. Tell your brother to get off the bandwagon. He's. I think he's off it now. Well, now that I work here, I think he's like, oh, I should switch. That's right. Which Super Bowl halftime show was the best? A lot of choices here. I mean, I know what the most one that I'll never forget was. I don't know if that was the yep. best. No, was I don't think it was the, the best. best. It was. Was it? Didn't leave anything to the imagination. Justin Timberlake. Yeah. Yep. Jen- Jackson? Janet Jackson. Yeah. That one, I would say. I thought didn't Lady Gaga do one that Gaga I thought was, was yeah, epic? Recently. And I think I saw Madonna's in Indianapolis for the Patriots Giants, the second Patriots Giants game. Uh. Oh, the one. Oh. Hold on. The one in L.A., Snoop and Dre and Eminem. Eminem. Yeah, come on. Prince was amazing. Yeah, Prince is. That's good. Uh, U2. Are you surprised? Tom Petty. Are you surprised that Usher is doing Super Bowl halftime? Yeah, I don't know what that looks like. You got to, you know what? They've got to have a great second or third option, like that makes a surprise appearance. Because otherwise, what what is that? Could you like. imagine if it had been just booked as Taylor Swift like a year ago? I think they wanted her, and she might have said no because she was going to be in Tokyo. Right, but apparently she's going to be able to get back. They have done all the detective work, and when you fly on your own schedule, you can you make a lot of things happen. When you have a lot of money, do whatever you want. Uh, next. Fact or fiction, the Chiefs' defense has a bigger challenge than the 49ers' defense. I think that's a fact. I think it's a fact, dog. I, I do. I think that the Niners' ability to hurt you in so many ways with so many different people, McCaffrey, Debo, Ayuk, Kittle, Purdy, Shanahan, the precision, I think it's a bigger challenge. I think the Chiefs' skill talent is just so inferior to that of the Niners. So Andy Reid's obviously great. Mahomes is great. Kelsey's great. Uh, but I think that's where you get the advantage. So I'll play devil's advocate. Sure. And I, the the reason why I would say the 49ers, because you have no idea who's going to be the focal point for the Chiefs. Well, Kelsey, you just said it. <laughs> Outside of Kelsey, who else are they going to use? How are they going to use him? When are they going to use them? Watch out for Sky Moore. You never know. Sky Moore. All right. Didn't he score in the Super Bowl last year? Oh. I think he did. I think he did. On that, That's like, what I mean. Like play. Th- this is one of those like it's Andy Reid and he has two weeks to prepare for you. Yeah, like I, this might be a, as big a challenge for the 49er defense because you don't know who's getting the ball. Yeah, no, you're right. Next, the conversation we had earlier today: Are you for or against Super Bowl parties? I'm for as long as I'm at a party that is not about the party or the commercials or the halftime, but I'm at a party where people actually want to watch the game. This is where I'm at. That's what I want to be. Like if that's I, I, if that's not the case, then I'd rather just sit at home and watch the game. Like I want to watch the game. I I am uh, I am a hermit on Sunday. There you go. If someone would like to come over and watch the game, there are rules. Yeah. I want to be able to watch it and hear it and hear it. I don't. Yes. Like this is, and we and I, I we have an invitation out 
some great friends of ours, some really, really great friends that I know I would have a fantastic time hanging out with. But I need to watch the game. Agreed. And I, I want to be able to just relax, make make my own appetizers, my yes. homemade sloppy joes. Oh, that's your Super Bowl tradition? That's one of the things. Joe. I mean, okay. I'll put something on the smoker or on yeah. the grill because it's going to be warm, I think. Yes. Um, I'll, I'll do a couple different things. But I, I just... I want to sit there and I want to watch the game. I want to hear it. I want to hear, see the commercials, know what was said. Like, just it's the last time that you're going to have football till August. Yep. So, next. That's all of them. All right, real quick, I got one more for you. Bigger story, if it happens, Shanahan loss or Andy Reid win? What's the bigger story? Probably a Shanahan loss because it, it's hard. It's hard to get to get another shot. How many cracks do you get at it? Yep. Shanahan loss. I think Andy Reid's pretty solidified himself as one of the all-time greats. Correct. Yep. Yeah, for sure. For sure. All right. It's time for the Griff Fact of the Day. Fact of the Day. Fact of the Day. Fact of the Day. It's the Griff Fact of the Day. It's so good. We keep in our tradition of talking about the Super Bowl. The team wearing white in the Super Bowl is 16-3 and since 2004. And the last time a team wearing a non-white jersey won was Super Bowl 54 when the Chiefs beat the 49ers. All right, so that one bodes well for the Niners. Could that lightning strike twice? I've got my own fact of the day. Oh. Also about the Super Bowl, this comes from ESPN Bet. In the last 30 years... Every time the Super Bowl has been played between a team traveling west and a team traveling east, the team that traveled west for the Super Bowl won. We had that one in the arsenal. Griff is so angry Griff at you right now. Griff was beside himself over here. Griff is like angry. That was going to be tomorrow, you. Griff? We uh, it was either we had it in plan he for like, Friday potentially cuz it was such a Give me a Griff one. on the Griff cam. I got to see his I got to see how, what he's doing. <laughs> He was not happy. Griff, I'm please, sorry. No, please. Should I just never have facts? Should I hold my show? No. Consult with you? No. Griff, Griff, do you want me to consult with you before I go on air with a fact of the day? He says it's fine. That's a re- and that is a really good fact. It's very interesting. I screenshotted it. I saw it. I was like, wait a second. I did the same I thought thing. It, we I, both did. To be fair, and it turns out it would have been true had it maybe been tomorrow or Friday, but Griff, I thought this was going to be a Griff fact of the day. I thought it was going to be today. That's why, that's why. to be fair, I said, is the fact today in the rundown? I looked, and it wasn't, and then I was like, well, I've got one as well. I mean, Adam Schefter's copied you, and now Nathan Zagura's copied you, Griff. That's right. You're crushing it. Dude, this is a form of flattery. Three arrows. Look at them. Not one, not two, three arrows up. I don't know what that Uno one looks like. <laughs> eh. Eh. Uno's doing just fine. He is. He's doing just Thriving. fine. Thriving. Don't miss Billy Joel and Rod Stewart together for the first time ever Friday, September the 13th at Cleveland Brown Stadium. Tickets on sale now. Visit clevelandbrownstadium.com slash Billy and Rod 2024 for more information. That's Billy and Rod 2024 for more information. That's Billy and Rod 2024 for more information. It's Billy Joel and Rod Stewart together for one night only. Cleveland Brown Stadium brought to you by Valley Belt. We'll be back right after this. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. 
It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet, now live in Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Congratulations to our 2023 Browns Fan of the Year, Kathy Erb. Kathy is a retired elementary school PE teacher, and we surprised her with a tour of our practice facility where she met Joel Batonio, Joe Thomas, and, of course, Yellowstone and me. You're excited to send Kathy to Super Bowl. She represents the Browns for a chance to be named the NFL's ultimate fan of the year. Head to cleanbrowns.com slash fan of the year 2024 to learn more. All right. Time for the next round of the Brownie Awards. Well, it's still the opening round, but another, yes, these another go, region. This you can vote region. till noon tomorrow. Till noon tomorrow. Browns and we have daily. the first two polls are up. First two polls are up. Would you like to know? Yeah, so give me far? a little. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Miles Garrett's block, field goal block in the Colts game, 63%. Seems right. Hopkins game-winning field goal versus Baltimore, 37%. Okay. The other bracket we've got going right now, the tush push at 57%. Just wait till it gets the proper the, treatment. The Ford TD catch is at 43%. Wow. Wow. People are. I think that's a movement of the people wanting the color commentary on that play. They're like, we got to get it one more sure. round 100%. so that we can get that. Yeah. Hi. You can't roll your eyes away from the camera. Nobody gets the effect of what you're doing. Unbelievable. I was looking at Uno and Ocho. Ocho's still angry at you. Why? Very, very angry. Griff is, he very really angry. liked that fact. We were so excited. I, we were fact checking it and everything to make sure that it like actually. At one point today, I was like, hey guys, we have a show from one to three. If we have a fact already done, let's worry about the other facts for Thursday and Friday later. Look at that guy. Look at that guy. Oh, what's up, baby? The great B. Lynch. What a human. All right, here we go. This is the other. This is another region here. So the, yeah, this is on the same side. Yep, same side. Okay, same side. So the winner that comes out of this group of four will face the winner that comes out of the group of four we did earlier. We're going to start with David Bell's fourth down touchdown catch against the Jags. Flacco on fourth down and three. Play clock is at five. I don't know if they're going to snap it. Play clock is at two. They do. He rolls right. He throws the middle. It's wide open. Down at the 25, at the 20, 15, 10, 5. Touchdown. It's David Bell. Oh, my goodness. They forgot to cover David Bell. It was the parting of the Red Sea, Jim. There it is. Better. <laughs> Close. Close. <laughs> the best is Uno has no idea what's coming. He's picked the play. He's uploaded the highlight, and he's like, maybe it's going to be there. Maybe it's not. I was pretty sure the parting of the Red Sea <laughs> was in that one. I was pretty confident in that one. You guys are going to have to. This is when you, when you post this Thank one, you, Griff, this is the Rodney Dangerfield episode. No respect. Now on this one, I hope you, I hope that I'm in on this one because I got fired up about the chief running over people. What Uno? I have no idea. No idea. Here we go. David Ajoku's angry run, one angry run on Good Morning Football from Kyle Brandt. By the way, Here's- Kyle Brandt, 
this was not one of his three top three of the year. Outrageous. Come on, Brant. Come on, Brant. Be better. Yes. Here's Tom McCarthy talking angry runs with the Chief. Three receivers to the right. Watson throws to the right. Najoku's got it. He's across the 45. Inside the 40. Barrels his way to the 35. Along the numbers. Down to the 30 to the 28-yard line. That was all Najoku. Geno Stone tried to wrap him up, but he could not. 24 yards and about 20 of that after the catch and about 12 of that with Geno Stone as his backpack. Eh, All right, better. A little better. I think there might have been some more coming after that. Just carrying him around like the baby from uh, from Hangover. Not at the table, Carlos. All right, those good. Those are good. So David Bell's fourth down touchdown against the Jags versus the Chiefs. Angry run, a battle of the Davids. Now we've got Andrew Siciliano on a dramatic game-winning touchdown run. Kareem Hunt, another fourth down touchdown. Take it away. Browns from the one. This is the game. Out of the eye, they need the touchdown. Hunt and Harris. Walker gives to Kareem Hunt. Pushing, pushing, touchdown! Kareem Hunt got it across the goal line! I mean, you don't need any other explanation there. No, you don't need it. Because we threw the ball three times. That was fine. We ran ran power, if anybody was curious, ran power. Wyatt pulling around to the left side. Anything else? Touchdown, Browns. That's our bread and butter. No big deal. Shout out, my friend. Hope you're well. Oh, God, still that was great. Legendary call. All right, and then here's one that I hope we got everything because this this one is this was an unbelievable play. You might have hit this puberty again. Flacco to Amari Cooper. We'll find out if I even get to talk. Hey. Flacco to Amari Cooper. Touchdown in the middle of three defenders. What a throw. Jim Donovan on the call. Play action fake as Flacco drifts right, throws, and he's got Cooper open. He caught it. 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown. I don't believe it. Cooper open, and Cooper tightrope walks down the sideline. Tippy toes in. <laughs> I knew, I knew I could hear Donovan calling it, and I go, there's no way. This is nice and tight, ready to go. There's no way you're hearing anything of Zagura. None. I knew it. Ten seconds left in that well, sound bite. To be fair, it was because he I I am I let him do his thing. So he did two different full calls of that touchdown. And then I was gonna jump in and, and say actually thread the needle there. Because it sounds you hear he says open. Kind of. But then mean, he's open. He's open in the sense that there was a space large enough for a football to fit through and get yeah. to him. I think maybe you just need to reenact your color commentary on the one that or don't like have Because you seem to remember sentence. exactly what you said. <laughs> you so let's just get a reenactment. You, oh. There's a reason why, you know, great actors of our time don't just come on. And, oh, we'll reenact this scene from The Godfather for me. No, watch The Godfather. I did it. Or in this case, listen to it if Uno will allow it to be so, listened to. So maybe, Uno, we need to just get a little bit more trim on that. I'll go into the games and I'll grab the term. full, <laughs> I don't know what full clip. I don't know what you're talking about right the game now. game and the trim right here. I thought you were talking about no, boating. You want to extend it. I thought you were talking about boating. You know, you no. get that trim down no, so you can get the no, front of the boat no, down no. on the water. No. 
No, not at all. You want to you want to make sure you just want to lengthen the cut. You so trimmed it too much. How old were you when you learn when you learned that word? Were you in high school or was this part of your? Oh, it was college. Really the broadcast. It, it was a. Yeah. It was a when I when I had to get my FCC license. Mm-hmm. When you actually had to apply for it, way back when when they were, you know, when I had to ride my horse to the college so campus. This is the one you were driving around in a Camaro. No. Okay. No, no, there was just no Camaro in my world. Just want to be clear, mine either. Just a Reliant K. Mine either. All right. When we come back, we've got a little better broke, or worse. You broke first. A higher or lower. <laughs> right here on Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet, now live in Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Be sure to check out the Browns' social media channels daily to play the Browns' digital scratch-off game for your chance to win club seats and other great prizes. Presented by the Ohio Lottery, the official lottery of the Cleveland Browns. Time now for higher or lower, a.k.a. better or worse. Presented by Keep It Fun Ohio from the Ohio Lottery, who reminds you to know the risks before you gamble. This comes to us from CBS and Pete Prisco, ranking every Chief and 49ers starter. Yes. One through 46. 46. Counting both nickel corners. He said, I don't count specialists because by now you know my disdain for kickers and punters. All right. So I've got a little bit of the list here. I'm here, gonna, I'll um, go through it. I got it. I'll take you through it all. Well, when you ask me questions, and then I'll see if I can figure out who are the people that are in the different spots. Oh, do you want to guess? Well, we could do some of that, but that'll okay. be how I know if somebody's better or worse <clears> than what's ahead of them. All right, away we go on higher or lower, and it is brought to you by Keep It Fun Ohio from the Ohio Lottery, who reminds you to know the risks before you gamble. Number one is Patrick Mahomes. Can you give me number two? Number two is going to be Christian McCaffrey. Number three is going to be Nick Bosa. No. Number three is going to be Chris Jones. No. Number three is going to be Trent Williams. Yes. And number four is going to be Travis Kelsey. Well, that's we're already we're already way off. Okay. Trent Williams, higher, lower, or just right? Worse than that. Not a shot at him, but I mean, Nick Bosa was the Defensive Player of the Year. Not this year. Not this year, but in his career, he has been. Like right now. What does he have right now? You want to look up like. What what is Uno? How many sacks Nick Bosa this year? I think he's at eight. I think he's at least eighteen. Seventeen and a half. Round that on up. Eighteen. He didn't have seventeen and a half. He only had ten and a half this year. Uno. (laughs) I thought we were playing guess. Oh, the stat, not (laughs) give me the number what it is. So he's been really a defensive player. Was, of the year. I wasn't said how many. Yet. I said how many sacks did Nick Bosa have this year? And you said I thought you had it on your computer and you were asking no. me to guess. No, the internet it was slow for me, so I was turning to you because gotcha. you usually got all this stuff. All right, I mean, stump uh, the Uno. Are those the Why top not, really? five at least? Mahomes are the top Mahomes? five. Mahomes, McCaffrey, Trent Williams, Kelsey, Bosa. No, Chris Jones. Yes, then Bosa. Yes. Okay. Let's see what kind of year Chris Jones had. Chris Jones is is dominant. He's had a great postseason. So, so that gives them each three in the top six. Yes, Chris Jones. I looked at putting him on the uh, 
on my team. I might put Chris Jones on my team. All right, so if you do that, Mahomes. Let me, let me, hold on, let me make a note of that. Chris Jones might become our defensive tackle. Mahomes, Kelsey, Jones versus McCaffrey, Bosa, Williams. Better three. Mahomes, just because he plays the quarterback. quarterback position, yeah. Dude, I, I like I like adding Chris Jones to my team. Okay, what are the awards, though? What are, What has he got? So yeah. he's been first or second team All-Pro four straight years, five total. He's been first team All-Pro each of the last two years. He's gotten his last six seasons, 15, and he's been five straight Pro Bowls, 15 and a half sacks, nine sacks, seven and a half sacks, nine sacks, 15 and a half sacks, 11 sacks. I think he's pretty good. Okay. Pretty, pretty. Who's number pretty seven? Number seven. Number seven. I'm going to guess number seven is Fred Warner. Got it. I wonder how I got that one, you know. No idea. Total mystery. Number eight. <laughs> that's one of the ones that's on the rundown. Yeah, okay. I know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> number eight? Yes. Debo Samuel. Wrong. George Kittle. Yes. Okay. Right. Then Debo? Number nine, not Debo. No. Uh, It is a Chief. Yeah. Number nine is a Chief. Legereus Sneed. Wrong. Creed Humphrey. You wanted to go in a different direction. Not Creed Humphrey either? No. Joe Tooney. No. Who's not going to play, it looks like now. Okay. Not Leg. I thought it would be Sneed for sure. Corner, Trent McDuffie. Uh, Would not have had that. Never. Would never have gotten there. Okay. Number 10. He's already on the list. Brandon Ayuk. So what is that? Uh, so where's Legereus Sneed? Five. Six 49ers to four. Yep. Uh, Debo Samuel was number 11. Debo. Where would you rank him? Better than that. I'd put him ahead of Ayuk. I think he's more important to their offense than Ayuk. But that just tells you right there. So in the top 11... The Niners have four Seven. skill position, yeah. but they're four main skill. Their two receivers are tight end and their running back are all there. And so far we've had Travis Kelsey. That's what, and that's why I say when you made the argument that Christian McCaffrey and his importance, I believe I just made the argument that Travis Kelsey is probably more important to the Chiefs than McCaffrey is to the 49ers. Uno is number two better then number four. Yes. Thank you. The defense rests. Thank you. You can make that arrow straight up now. Two arrows. That, wait a second. Wait a second. Wait a second. Two. Uh, unsanctioned. I don't know what's going on back there. there. Uno now is two arrows up. Unsanctioned. Who did this? Put yourselves on camera. I did it in the break to have a little fun. Erase one of them. You can keep one of them. <laughs> Just for a good job, like, getting a bias. Yeah. Uh, number number 12 is Creed Humphrey. Yep. Number so, 13 is Brock Purdy. So, I mean, Brock Purdy has got to be ahead of Creed Humphrey. Creed Humphrey's a lovely player and all that. Brock Purdy should be in Probably the top 10. Probably should be 10. ahead of Trent McDuffie, too. He should be in the top 10. Yeah. Where's Legereus Sneed? Uh, 14th. Okay. All right. So, I was in the ballpark with yeah. Legereus Sneed. Chavarius Ward is 15. Who's a, who's a former Chiefs corner, now Niners corner. Pacheco is 16, who I think could have a 
He's had a very nice postseason. He's made a little name for himself. Got to tell you what, if you're the Niners, you have to be pretty disappointed that you have not heard Javon Hargrave's name yet. So Greenlaw is. is 17. Greenlaw's Karloftis, good. 18, who I like. Oh, man. Where's Javon Hargrave? Uh, 24. Jeez. And, and you got Chase Young at 26. So those are two guys that have disappointed. I think Marquez Valdez-Scantling at 45 out of 46 is r- ridiculous. He made the game-winning catch against the Ravens. He's made big catches in the playoffs in the past. I think that he's they, he will he's be better than on. that. He's, yeah, he's, he is better than that. All right. This was a fun one today, everybody. We're, we're off get, tomorrow. We're going to get Uno to work on uh, on more trim for those cuts. Or is it less trim? Let's just... <laughs> I don't know. I don't know the term. You you yeah. introduced the terminology I, to me. I know. So I don't know. I don't know the terminology at all. Uh, I will be. I will be off tomorrow. Bo will be back in. Thank you for listening. Next level is next for Gibbe Uno Griff Nathan's Gura saying thanks for listening to Cleveland Browns Daily on eight fifty ESPN Cleveland. You've been listening to Cleveland Browns Daily, a production of the Cleveland Browns and eight fifty ESPN Cleveland. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome.